0: So good afternoon. I'm Kim Fawcett, and I'm here at Bridgeport Rescue Mission's Rescuing Hope podcast. This is our third episode in 2021, Marianne, and it's awesome to see you, and I'm grateful um, to have your expertise again. I think you've been in all the podcasts so far. And today we're going to talk about homelessness in Connecticut and sort of what's been going on. with the homelessness issue and very specifically about what Bridgeport Rescue Mission is doing to be been part of the solution. Yes. So um, let's talk a little about prior to COVID because COVID was a huge turning point for anyone who is a human service provider to the homeless. We really just slammed against a, a pretty big wall with COVID hitting. But before COVID, we had um, spent almost two decades caring for the homeless at Bridgeport Rescue Mission. Can you talk a little about what our pre-COVID programming looked like?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, as you know, wh- where we were in, at 1088 Fairfield Avenue, we had a, a new life recovery program. But at the same time, we had the shelter emergency shelter program. Yep. So I would witness in the morning when I would come to work, the men would come in and um, wait for a bed and um, come in to get a bed um, at night. Uh, Actually, about 5 o'clock, they would have dinner, get a bed— and then shower, go upstairs, and that was it. They were down for the evening. And
0: then, how many how many beds do we have? Like 25-ish, It was like I
1: think. 25-ish. And, yeah. and then, Kim, when there was ever an overflow, which was really hard because in the winter, you know, you have rain and snow mm-hmm. and ice, mm-hmm. or in the summer, so hot, you can't bear to be outside. So the overflow, unfortunately, we would have to put them down on mats in our yeah. chapel. Yes, I remember that. So it would break my heart because in the morning, then, I would see those same men leave you know, like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, and then they would have to wander the streets for the day. Yeah. And I would think, where do they go? It's so cold outside. And when we
0: were at capacity, we had 25 men in beds on our third floor. And how many mats did we used to put? Oh, on? my
1: goodness, at least about 15 mats. Oh,
0: okay, I didn't even realize it was that many yeah. on the f- so second floor.
1: That—that's You know, the day would be like... Um, they would wander the streets, have to s- find shelter someplace, maybe under the bridge, maybe sit in McDonald's if they were allowed, the library, wherever they could find some refuge. Mm-hmm. And then they would be back in line again to get a bed in, at night. And I would think to myself, what a terrible way to live. It's You're just existing from day to day. And it used to really bother me. Like, I mean, there's got to be a better way for these Absolutely. people. Absolutely.
0: And I think without stable housing, you never have a chance to really then even think about trying to get stable employment or a regular flow to your day or three meals a day or exactly. any sort of stability in your life. Um, so we did that really at Bridgeport Rescue Mission. That was part of who we were before COVID. We right. also had a almost 10-bed space for women that was separate. Exactly. And then COVID hit. And to talk to me a little bit, because you and I had those eight in the morning emergency response yes. COVID calls, like, which... What are we going to do now? Yeah. Be- so can you share yeah, I, some of ex- that? like, st- What were we what were the decisions we were facing and how to care? It was so hard because
1: I thought to myself, well, gee, if you turn them away, where are they going to go? But if we let them in, we also have men um, that live their resident in a residential right. recovery program. And we also have staff that live on board with us. So thinking about the homeless population, unfortunately, when they leave us during the day— They have issues with hygiene, um, wearing the same clothing because maybe they can't get to a laundromat or afford a laundromat to take care of their clothing, Um, and we don't know if they're taking care of their mental health and their physical health. So we would be letting all of that in with COVID, which would put our whole mission at risk of shutting down.
0: Yeah, and, and I remember going around in circles, all of us as a team, trying to figure out a solution to continue to care. Uh, for the homeless community in in Bridgeport and the region, and trying to keep those beds open, and ultimately we decided we did have to close that that shelter down.
1: Exactly,
0: and um, really lean into those really strict policies in our residences yes. and w- share some of the some of that those policies that we put in place during COVID, it was...
1: Yeah, I mean, and it was for everyone's uh, safety and well-being. So even our men that were residing with us, our residents that were living there in the recovery program, they were no longer allowed to go out on passes. We were strict about volunteers coming in because we certainly didn't want to give them COVID or have them bring it in the doors. And um, just being really careful um, just so that, you know, we, we didn't become a super spreader. But I have to tell you, when all of this happened, i thought to myself, you know, where is God in all of this? I mean, how are we going to turn away people that really need help? Yes. But at the same time, how are we going to keep our men and women safe That's right. as well? So I, I have to share this experience. The other day, um, I met Sarah when I was coming in and she said to me, Marianne, she said, did you meet the, um, some of these abundant life men, um, in your program? And I said, well, no, not the recent ones. I haven't been here to see them yet. And she said, well, I have to tell you, these men come to our building And you should be so proud of them because faithfully they come. They help cleaning the building. They help packing pantry bags. They're always so respectful, so delightful to be around. She says, it's amazing to think that these men were on the street. And I said, really? That is so great to hear. So she said, now they're coming through the door. And I stood there, Kim, and I thought to myself, I had a flashback. I remember sitting in my kitchen and saying, God, what do we do with these people? And here they were in front of me, in awesome. our program, thriving, not just surviving, but yeah. thriving. I love that. They were happy. Yeah. And I spoke to them, and I said, oh, my gosh, guys, you made my day seeing you like this. And I explained to them who I was and what, yeah. how I had that vision, and there was the vision right in front of me. That's
0: awesome. It just so, gave me chills. so you just created a perfect uh, bridge into what's happening today, because we did close down that homeless shelter. Um, um, and for anybody who's listening may know that most human service providers that cared for the homeless found themselves in the same situation as, as Bridgeport Rescue Mission and needed to close down homeless shelters. Yes. But the state and FEMA did step in, and some emergency services were set up for the homeless during COVID right. in gymnasiums and and, Hotels. and the like. But then all of a sudden, last summer, the summer of 2020, in the middle of COVID, Mm -hmm. we had shut down our space and we had empty space. And I loved, I just have to give you some accolades here, Marianne, because I loved how your brain kept thinking about how can we serve the homeless community? How can we do more? And how can we do it now? And so you came up with an idea for what today we're calling the Abundant Life Program. Yes. But share a little bit about the vision for what it was last summer. 25 empty beds... We can't open it to the community. What are we going to do with the space? Right. So that's
1: when I really felt inspired that the Lord said, well, I didn't give life so that people could just about survive. I want them to thrive. And I came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And I thought, well, what does abundant life look like? Well, these men need not just a shelter, but they need help, resources available to them so that they can have the proper hygiene. We have a beautiful uh, blessing. Room where we can give them clothing and they don't have to no longer yep. carry it around in a bag or in a grocery cart. We can case manage them and give them whatever help they need as far as making appointments for doctors, putting them in connection mm-hmm. with mental health providers, dental health. Some of them haven't seen a doctor in years, haven't had been to a barber shop or some of the ladies there have not had, you know, the proper grooming yep. and just to restore their life back. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So when I thought about all that I said that That's what we do with homeless people.
0: We just can't scatter them around the street. So now at Bridgeport Rescue Mission, we do not run emergency shelter, and this was definitely caused by COVID, but we did launch yes. the Abundant Life program for chronically homeless men and, and soon to be women when we exactly. opened new space. So, first, talk about the space. We took the twenty-five bedroom right. space and really transformed it. Talk Transform- about what your team did, because oh my goodness, do I remember? Was it uh, Dane involved, or was it Dane and Joe Carson, Carson? And
1: Joe? They all got involved, and um, and really kind of got behind me and said, "Okay, we're not sure this is going to work because sometimes people that have been in homeless situations really don't like structure and maybe they're yep. not going to feel that comfortable." And I said, "You know what? What do we have to lose? Let's give it a try and let's just do what Jesus would do and welcome them with yep. open arms, meet them where they are and and just provide what we can provide for them. Give them some hope and some vision."
0: So we converted that space yes. from 25 beds to
1: to now there's about 10 beds in there, okay. eight to 10 beds. And then we have a room that they turned into a, um, a nice, beautiful lounge mm-hmm. with books and puzzles and a TV. And then we uh, changed the way the rooms look so that it, they're more homey and it yeah. doesn't look like, you know, a, um, a Bunk shelter door bump. Right, but yeah, no, nothing yeah. like that. This is really homey yeah. looking. And when we brought them up to see where they would be staying, they were like, wow, yep. real, I mean, I could stay here? Yeah. Yes. I don't have to leave in the morning? no yeah. and we're going to do some really nice things while you're here and so just give us a chance to be able to speak into your life and encourage you and with that one step at a time before you know it we started with one then there was two yeah. and now we have eight and a couple waiting in the wings and you see how God worked it was just amazing and
0: just for anyone who's listening who might not follow, you know, sort of how traditional emergency shelters work. A very traditional homeless shelter model is a 30-day model. Right. Um, Usually rooms with a lot of bunk beds and a lot of beds. And it's really about... Coming in at six or so at night, checking in, um, spending the night, so a safe, warm place to spend the night, and then you're pretty much have breakfast and leave in the morning. And right? then after
1: thirty days, they you have, have to find to another leave. place, right? You have to you have leave. Have to go to another shelter. But we're not doing that
0: anymore. So no. abundant life, we've er- eradicated the thirty-day model yes. completely, because the vision, if I understand correctly, is. Less, um, not about uh, quantity of services or quantity Qual- of people served, right. but quality.
1: Quality exactly. And
0: so the quality of the service is serving fewer men mm-hmm. and fewer women with much more depth of wraparound services. Absolutely. So how what do the services look like? Uh, we lo- so I should say we launched in <laughs> September. Um, no, actually it was November.
1: Okay, almost November. We started trying to get, to get it, it going. going. Yeah, and then by November we started having people that were interested. Okay. And
0: now we're in May now for now anyone. May. <laughs> and um, so just in six months you filled the program. Yep. You have a wait list. What it, now these guys are What's the long-term goal, right? We're not saying come live with us right, forever. Exactly. What's our long-term goal for these, these guys? So
1: already, just out of some of the groups that we've had come through our doors, they've been able to find housing. They've mm-hmm. been able to find jobs mm-hmm. and sustain themselves and become self-sufficient just within that few-month period of time. They just really needed somebody to come alongside of them and encourage them and give them the resources they needed. So that in itself was exciting to see. That,
0: yeah. I mean, I think— for anyone on staff at Bridgeport Rescue Mission, right, the biggest win we get with anyone who comes into our residential program is that they move on, and they find a job that pays right. a livable wage, mm-hmm. and they p- find permanent housing, and they just get that chance mm-hmm. to um, just reset the trajectory of and their life. And they
1: find a purpose again. Yeah, they absolutely. get up with a purpose in their heart every you know, again, and that to me is much better than being like this wandering nomad with no purpose and no vision, no plan. Yeah. And it's just so exciting to see how this is developing. And as it develops, we've been adding things. We we have computer classes, we have Bible study, we have classes to help them with employment, job searching. Um, and then during the day, they do a lot of the work therapy, which is very therapeutic Kim, because when they they come here or they work at the building at 1088. That builds their confidence Absolutely. and self-esteem yep. that they are able to give back,
0: yep. and they are valuable to society, and they're doing a great mission by helping the mission. So the men that are with us now, the eight, I believe, um, we are. there is no fee associated. Correct. We not, we're not charging them money to come and live with us, but we are inviting them into a work yes. therapy program, and thus you got to meet them as they were coming to, quote, Work. Can you talk about what were they coming to do the oh, other
1: day when you saw them coming in? I couldn't believe it. They <laughs> just marched in like little soldiers, and I saw them go into the room, and I, I stood back and I watched. And I really I had tears in my eyes thinking about how I envisioned this in my kitchen one day, saying, Lord, where are you? What do we do with these men and women? And there they were packing, t- unpacking all the big bags of um, produce that okay. we
0: have. The stuff coming in? Or the stuff, stuff going, coming oh, in. Oh, okay. And so they had it.
1: big bags of carrots and potatoes and things, and they were sorting them all, getting them all organized, and then packing pantry bags. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, think about all the jobs that could come out of that. Somebody, out of the men that were there, maybe some of those guys might get a a real good job at a grocery store. They start out as a cashier. Before you know it, they might work in produce department, or they move up to be a management, and you just never know what God will do. Hey, stop and
0: shop if you're out there. We've got some (laughs) men for you who are looking for jobs. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you got to see them working. Yes. And, um, and happily. And happily working. So what's their, their what's kind of the flow of the day at the program now? Because they are getting services. Yes. So
1: they get services. So they, they do the work therapy during the day, which gives them—see, the whole purpose was to also give them a, a good structured routine. Yeah. Because before it was just anything goes. So now they have a routine in the morning. They get up. They have breakfast. They shower. They change their clothes. They They have a routine, a work routine, which builds strong work ethic in them, builds skill set in them. And then from there, um, they go back to the mission, they take a break in their nice lounge, (laughs) (laughs) and they get ready for lunch. Come back and to classes, and or they might be driven to appointments, things that they have to do. And in the evening, they get some rest. Um, they might attend a chapel service or some type of recreational activity that we have.
0: Yeah. So there's much more of a like living community, yes. a group of people around them, and a structure and a flow. So um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that your brilliance last summer was really aligned with some things. That are happening in the state. And you and I were talking right. about, you know, back in about 2014, the state of Connecticut was really concerned about the chronic homeless population. And um, Connecticut really stepped up and stepped into the issue and was recently recognized by the federal government for yep. the state government's work in reducing the number of chronically homeless. And they have done that really well. And I think it's amazing that. Mm -hmm. While COVID forced us to do this pilot project, really now this pilot project is probably the best way to serve the homeless going forward. So at Bridgeport Rescue Mission, we're planning to continue Continue. the Abundant Mm -hmm. Life Program as our primary way to serve the homeless. That's right. Because while the state has greatly reduced the chronically homeless, Mm -hmm. they still exist, but they need these wraparound services. Correct. And they need this supportive community. So Mm -hmm. I just love how the vision you had last summer for this program wasn't just about responding to COVID, which congratulations, by the way, for pivoting so agilely during COVID. But You set us up to be exactly positioned for what the homeless need, the homeless community needs, maybe for the next five years.
1: Absolutely. And
0: there's something kind of exciting happening here, right? Yes. So we wanted to sort of finish our conversation just talking about our new community care center. And um, Bridgeport Rescue Mission was incredibly blessed to find the 725 Park Avenue building. We're actually sitting in it right now. So beautiful. Wait till they come
1: here. They're going to think they're in a hotel. Yeah. And
0: while we won't be running our our homeless program here right away, we'll be running a program for women with children. There are women out there um, that are really struggling with poverty and struggling with um, maybe sexual or domestic violence Mm -hmm. and need a a, a similar living community. Yeah, a safe place. Yeah, And that'll be the next one that opens, That's maybe September one. of mm-hmm. this year. Um, and it's really just all of this growth in um, building space is allowing Bridgeport Rescue Mission mm-hmm. to uh, expand its heart for the hungry, the homeless, and the addicted. And you and I will definitely be talking more in future months about all of those programs. But what's next for the Abundant Life program? Because you told me maybe even in the next month or so, we might be opening some more beds over at our 1088 main campus.
1: Yes, we're hoping to do that so that we can expand that program since it's catching on and becoming more successful. And we've been tweaking it as we go along. um, Really It's a win win situation for them and for us, and just to be able to see it expand and grow. um, It's such a blessing. It really is just. And I I
0: think I just have to throw another accolade your way because, um, knock on wood, we have had no cases of COVID over in our residential facility on 1088, and that is a true testament to you and your team being so incredibly thoughtful and careful over the past 12, 14 months. Um, But how amazing to be able to continue to run residential life change programs for the homeless, for the addicted, and we navigated all of those um, struggles and the challenges of COVID. And I'm so proud of you and your team and grateful that you all... You did it! I can say on the other side, right? When we were walking into it, we were all like, "How are we going to do this?" But congrats, because we Thank did it. You, you did it. You I know? know.
1: I know that when I first talked to Dane and my team, they're like, "Mrs. G, do you really? realize they're not going to want to be in, sitting in a class like you're envisioning?" And I said, "Well, how do we know unless we try?" Uh, amen. Yeah. You, they've never been given that opportunity. Let's try. If it doesn't work, at least we could say we tried. We tried, and I, for the first time. They're feeling like human beings that are worthy, worth something. It builds their self-esteem and and it gives them some hope for a future.
0: It does, and that's what's really happening at Bridgeport Rescue Mission. Right, we're expanding hope. We're we're rebuilding lives and just making a pass for incredible change for um, people who are struggling through poverty. and And I think in coming months, you and I are going to talk some about uh, the Renewed Life Program yes. again. And we're certainly going to talk about our New Life Program. We got lots going. On. So one. I can't thank you enough for joining me and again um, just sh- share a heartfelt of gratitude, heart-filled of gratitude for what you navigated the past year because I really did watch you do it with grace Thank and you. your team um, step in and do something really extraordinary for the homeless. So oh, Kim, congrats.
1: Uh, I tell you, every time that they did something in that um, lounge where they had uh, the men come, they would call me up and send me a picture and say, oh, we put we put bookshelf over here. What do you think? And we we put this chair over here. Do You think they're going to like this? Mm-hmm. And you think they're going to be comfortable? I said, they're never going to want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be happening. But I found this awesome oh, poem. I, I wanna you share, share this with you. Share it. Because this came across me my uh, computer the other day and I thought, isn't this so apropos for what we've done? It's called The Face of the Homeless. "'My friend is alone, and he's scared and cold. "'There is no room at the shelter, so he is told. "'He searches and prays and tries and tries "'to find a warm place for his head to lie. "'My friend is tired and aching and lonely. "'He still has hope and faith, if only "'someone will give what seems impossible, "'food to warm his belly and a pillow for his head, "'a purpose for being an extended hand instead.'" But all he has is reasons on a list of this place they call homeless, where he exists. My friend is a face lost in the crowd of faces. He goes each day on foot to many places, praying and trying to change his plight. But knowing each day he wakes, there is a fight. A struggle to survive and effect positive change in a world that shows so much hurt and pain. My friend is exhausted but certainly not beaten. He is weak from days where he has not eaten, but he knows God is there and will provide a path to a place he calls home against mean words of wrath. A place of peace for each and every day. And he is now safe in this place where he can lay. The bridge port rescue mission made a way
0: that is great (laughs) and what a perfect way to close our conversation
1: thank Thank you. you so much marianne thank you